Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. to the Unplayable Podcast, coming into your eardrums from Chennai. A few days ahead of Australia's opening World Cup match against India. My name is Josh Schonefinger, joined by Jack Painter. Coming up later in the episode, Alex Carey uh, previews Australia's chances at the World Cup, talks about his experiences over the last little bit as well, keeping in India. There's a lot to get through, so uh, welcome, Jack. Uh, we're currently in the stands here at uh, the Chipuk Stadium in Chennai, and uh, it's quite a nice evening. Yeah, it is. Beautiful uh, stadium. Uh, looking out over the ground. Um, we got a, got a look at the pitch earlier. Um, spoke to George Bailey, said it was a typical uh, Chennai pitch, so I'm not quite sure what that means. I'm sure he does, but I'm sure it'll take a little bit of turn. Yeah, I think both sides are expecting a bit of spin here today. We've just watched a bit of training as well, and we've also just watched New Zealand uh, smash England in the opening match of the tournament. Just before we get to Aussie training, we have to talk about New Zealand's performance tonight. A nine-wicket victory over England. Uh, centuries to Devon Conway and Rachin Ravindra. 152 and 123. Both not out, respectively. Pretty impressive stuff from the Kiwis, Jack. And you saw it coming. Uh, I don't think many people would have saw it coming. I didn't see that kind of margin coming. But uh, I did have a sneaky feeling the Kiwis might get up. And it was a huge partnership. We didn't see too much of it because we were out watching the Aussies train. But... Uh, we're following the scores and we just couldn't believe it. One down all the way through, scoring at eight, nine and over. Um, just did it quite comfortably in the end. So uh, a few questions there for the reigning champions. A big net run rate boost for New Zealand as well. So a great way to start the tournament for them. Even though they've been depleted by injuries, uh, we probably don't need to get too much into the detail <laughs> because we'll do that uh, when Australia face them a bit later in the tournament. Why don't we talk about the Australian squad? Uh, we also... We're lucky enough to chat to Andrew McDonald today. This is Thursday that we're recording this Thursday night. Uh, we'll be coming to you on Friday morning back in Australia. But Andrew McDonald gave us some insight on a couple of injuries that uh, have been floating around the Australian squad. And we're not talking about Travis Head. No, he did confirm what we had started to suspect. Marcus Stoinis picked up an injury in the ODI series against India. A slight hamstring complaint there. So we hadn't seen him play in the past four matches. That includes the final two ODIs against India and the two warm-up fixtures. So uh, McDonald said he was touch and go for this first match against India here in Chennai. But we did see him bowl off the full run today and he looked quite good. He had uh, Manus in a bit of trouble um, in the net. So positive signs there that he might not play this uh, opening game of the tournament, but he'll certainly be available uh, sooner rather than later for Australia. 
Yeah, as you said, McDonald said he was touch and go, and he certainly didn't look that far off the pace. If he's not quite right, he's very close. So good signs for Australia, even though we're sort of sensing that perhaps Cameron Green might get the nod over Stornis at this stage. Uh, potentially in that spot. I did ask uh, Andrew McDonald whether they could play both of those players in that in the same side, um, and he did say it was an option. They've got you know three different structures they would like to think they have at their disposal throughout the tournament so one of those includes playing both Green and Stoinis and two quicks and obviously Zampa is the spinner yeah. and banking on uh, Maxwell and uh, Mitch Marsh for the other overs so they've got a few options um, but I think judging from what we're seeing on the ground here and the form that the players are in um, I'm, I would be leaning towards Green at that number seven spot for the first game of the tournament supported by obviously the big three quicks in Cummins, Hazelwood and Mitch Stark and then you've got Zampa and Maxwell there to bowl the spin overs. And I guess one aspect that will determine how many all-rounders actually fit into this 11 is now Manus Labuschagne has put his hand up for a spot in the top four and he's certainly grabbed it with both hands, hasn't he? He's grabbed his opportunity with both hands. Andrew McDonald uh, has given us also a bit of an insight into the selection policy for the first match. Why don't we listen to what Andrew McDonald said about Manus Labuschagne grabbing his chance? Yeah, it's been a really good return after being dropped and not included in that South African squad. We were pretty clear on the way that we felt Marne needed to play to fit into the team. He went away and worked on that. I think he um, may have elaborated on that a, a several days ago where he's, he's gone away, he's had to think about it, he's come back, and he's come back a different player. There's no doubt about that. And even we saw in the practice game against Pakistan, the intent early, the scoring options, um, you know, his innings are starting with, with great intent, and, and we, we love seeing that. And we always knew he was capable of that, but over an extended period of time, Prior to his dropping, he wasn't doing that. Um, he was getting that information, and you know, as I said, full credit to him. He's gone away and worked on his game, and it's it's a great story. Um, and like, if you're looking for whether he's a certain starter, then if he's not in your team, then I don't know who else you're going to put in there. So I think he's he's pretty much a lock in that top four. And and how how we structure up is is probably the only sort of final question that we need to answer. Uh, as you can hear, they're pretty uh, certain starter, Manus Labuschagne for. The first game here in Chennai. Um, what a comeback a, that is. That's... Oh, absolutely. Huge, huge um, month of cricket for, for Manus. He's the top scorer for Australia this year in ODIs. Um, but his transformation over the past eight games, lifting that strike rate, um, that boundary, balls per boundary, um, bringing that down, and then dot ball percentage also coming down. So we've highlighted all of that on cricket.com.au so you can read more about it there but um, a great result for someone who a month ago probably didn't think he would be here and now he's playing his first World Cup campaign. As Andrew McDonald said a great story and we did speak to him in the last episode of the Unplayable podcast so if you missed that jump back into our feed and have a look at that well worth listening to Minus's insights on getting that call up and uh, coming from the clouds I guess for this squad. Uh, Stornis isn't the only one with a bit of an injury concern. We're not going to say it's a cloud because it's maybe just a slight concern. Adam Zampa, lead spinner who you mentioned just before, we haven't seen him uh, play for a couple of games as well. He hasn't really been training too much either, but he did uh, show his face tonight, but only briefly. Uh, yeah, we did see him. It was a, had a bit of a chat with the physio. It perhaps looked like he was going to bowl and then he headed back um, into the change rooms. Uh, Andrew McDonald said less concerns around him and it was more a management a workload management thing and he's got a big workload coming up in this tournament nine games he's the lead spinner he'll be expected to bowl 10 overs in every game and then possibly uh, you know 20 more overs in the semi-final and final should Australia make it so uh, a lot of uh, Australia's hopes for this World Cup will depend on Adam Zampa and how he goes in this tournament he's had a huge four years since the last World Cup he's the leading wicket taker um, 
at this World Cup from nations that have qualified in the last four years. So um, he's certainly in, in good form and, you know, fingers crossed for Australia and get out there on Sunday here. Yeah, you can totally understand why they're not going to take any chances with Zampa whatsoever. You can make a case that he is um, Australia's most important player if they want to lift this title. Tanvi Sang is here, but he doesn't have a lot of international experience. Maxwell's the only other spinner that's sort of in the team, in the squad. So uh, he's got a huge expectation that he's carrying at the minute. So fingers crossed for Australia that uh, Zampa is fully fit for Sunday, which we do expect him to be. Um, but as you said, big workload coming up as well for the leggy. Yeah, certainly. We did see uh, Mars Labuschagne bowl in the warm-up fixtures as well and in the nets. And David uh, Warner we saw as well. Yeah, so I wouldn't be pinning my hopes on David Warner. Um, maybe a little bit less so Mars Labuschagne. Um, but Andrew McDonald did say he could be up for a few overs mm. here or there. Didn't, uh, didn't say he would bowl his 10 in any of the games, but um, certainly an option there. But, yeah, Adam Zampa. A lot of um, Australia's hopes, yeah, pin, as we said, pinning on him and how he goes in this tournament. So hopefully he can back up a big four years and have a huge tournament here. Why don't we also recap that Pakistan warm-up match, which was a couple of days ago now. It was in Hyderabad. Uh, it was a very interesting match. Both sides um, batted their good batters, did not necessarily bowl their best bowlers the whole time, and Australia put on uh, over 300, didn't they, from their 50 351, yeah. yeah. So, so we had David Warner got going again at the top of the order. Steve Smith minus Labuschagne both got starts. And then Glenn Maxwell came in and hit a quick fire 77. So he looked really good. A couple of nice sixes there. Uh, reverse sweep into the stands that looked really good. So um, again, we saw him training tonight. He was hitting the ball very clean. Um, so he was he's another crucial player. For Australia in this tournament with both bat and ball now that a lot's going to depend on him to support Zampa uh, should Australia need more than his spin overs. And then Australia were cruising as they went to defend 350, four early wickets, uh, the quicks looked good and then they decided to throw lots and lots of overs to Labuschagne, Smith and Warner and uh, lo and behold Pakistan cruised back into the contest and looked like they were going to win it before Barazm retired out of 90 sort of <laughs> gifting the game back to Australia it was a real let's just say it's one of those games where we probably can't read too much into but uh, a lot of batters got time in the middle which they would have been hoping I'm not sure we're going to be seeing too much of Smith and Warner at the bowling crease in the World Cup no certainly not it was a bit of a glorified intra-squad practice centre wicket <laughs> match where yeah. your bowlers have had enough or they've bowled their lot of overs for the day and you just throw the ball to the batters and uh, give some other batters a bit of a hit so uh, not sure we can take too much out of that middle part of the, that innings, but as McDonald said today, a lot of positives they can take from that. Cameron Green got time in the middle. Josh Inglis, who's the reserve batter and wicketkeeper on this on this tour, he he made a quick fire 50, some very nice reverse scoops and paddles in there, so he was looking good. Uh, the only one that perhaps missed out was Alex Carey. He um, got a little bit of a start, but but didn't kick on, so. Um, not sure there's much, too much to worry about there, but they would have been hoping that he could have got some more time in the middle uh, heading into the World Cup. Yeah, the coach today also backed him in as a size number one, so Inglis not going to be leapfrogging him just at this moment in time. That's a pretty good segue to jump into Alex Carey's chat, I reckon. We spoke to him, as we said, a couple of days ago. We were still in Hyderabad at that stage. We've now moved on to Chennai, but uh, it's still a very good preview of the World Cup from Australia's number one wicketkeeper, Alex Carey. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, we're joined by Alex Carey now on the Unplayable Podcast. We're in Hyderabad. We've uh, just leading into the second warm-up match. Uh, we've got the first match against India, not too many days away. Alex, it's your second World Cup. Mm. How, what's the feeling going into this one? Oh yeah, excitement again. Um, obviously, uh, the last one was in England, so different environment, but. Yeah, to be here in, oh, I don't know, the, the unofficial cricketing capital of the world um, or country of the world, it's, it's going to be really exciting. And for us, um, having our first game against India, uh, you know, I don't think there's any better way to, to start the tournament. So, yeah, for me personally, excitement, and I can feel that amongst the group. What are you sort of expecting for that first game? Oh, a lot of noise. Um, that's one thing that we can expect. And then... Uh, yeah, expect the unexpected. I, I think we, we go there open-minded. Um, you know, Chennai typically can produce spin wickets. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. We've, we've got one more warm-up game, as you mentioned, here in Hyderabad against a, you know, a really strong outfit in Pakistan. Uh, and then we're into it. First World Cup obviously went quite well for yourself personally. What sort of impact did that have on your career going forward and, and where you sit now? Um, yeah, it was a, a great experience. Um, a shame we didn't, you know, go and make it through to the final. But um, I thought as a group we played some solid cricket um, uh, and, and we come up against, you know, the eventual World Cup winners in England. Um, so as a group, yeah, definitely want to go one step further. Um, and personally, you know, really enjoyed the, the I guess, experience of a first World Cup. Um uh, and was able to have some success but yeah I guess it's it's just one of those things you um, you know you, you try to draw upon experiences like that when when you need to um, but for this one yeah it's probably a different feel probably uh, wickets are going to be a little bit different over here um, but thoroughly enjoyed that experience. You were obviously there there was a few of the same players who were there in 2019 but Australia's had quite a stable side across all three formats in the last you know two three years what's that do for the group leading into a big tournament like this yeah that's a it's a good point it's probably something we didn't have at the last world cup was a lot of experience we had experienced players but as a group we sort of um had a lot of changes throughout that four-year cycle so uh, i feel like from then to now we've had a, a more of a stable group um 
a lot of players have played, but I feel like it's been quite a stable, stable group of players. So we're coming into this one um, with a you know a really clear, I guess, game plan, game style. Um, we've got players that have played over 100 games. We've got a lot of players that have played over 50 games now. Um, so I feel like the experience among this group and, and I guess guys playing a lot of cricket in India as well, the IPL. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like we're well poised to, to shake up the tournament and, um, yeah, our goal as a group is to, to make it and win the, win the final. You've had, probably had the best seat in the house to one of the well, if not the most prolific bowler in, in ODI yeah. cricket in Adam Zampa the last four years. Um, how have you seen his development since that last World Cup? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, I thought you were going to say Starkey, but <laughs> we've got a few. Yeah, um, right. We'll get to he, next. He's, he's been, yeah, so consistent. I think the word for Zorb is the consistency he's shown over the last couple of years especially um, and just getting a really good run at it. It was sort of in and out of the side there for a little while. Um, he didn't play every game at the World Cup last year. We had uh, last time, I think we had Nathan Lyon uh, around the group as well. So, yeah, for him to to show that consistency throughout the last couple of years is is great for the group. He's obviously in a, in a country that will offer a little bit more spin as well. So he'll play a huge role. Um, he's super confident in his ability. Yeah, he takes control of his fields and... Um, Really, really excited to see how he goes this World Cup. Is he good to keep to as well? Like he's got a few variations now as well. Is it? Do you find yeah. that cha- a bit of a challenge? Or yeah, he's he's, and I've seen um, on the big screen while we've been playing his pitch maps and where he normally um, lands the ball and where that ends up, and it's around the top of the stump. So he's he's so consistent mm. around that area. Um, but yeah, it's been great to to get a bit more uh, time with Zamps out in the middle and keeping to him and. Yeah, like I said, his, his consistency and, and where he's trying to land and um, get the batters to hit the ball has been you know, something that I've really enjoyed. It's a good thing his uh, bowling is more consistent than his hairstyles at least. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mitch Stark? You mentioned him. He's been a gun in uh, all formats, but especially one-day cricket. What's it like, uh, obviously, catching the ball when he's hurling them down? Yeah, I, I think um, for Stark, he, he was player of the tournament uh, in 15, mm. and then he was in the, the team of the tournament in the last one as well. So, again, we're talking about consistency and one of the all-time great one-day bowlers in Starkey and uh, we saw the other night the damage he can do with that new new <laughs> yeah. new ball with a, a hat trick. Um, so yeah, again excited to see what he he can do in in this World Cup. Um, we saw a little bit of swing there, so hopefully we see see that early. Yeah. Um, but his death stuff's just as impressive as well. So yeah, another another key factor in our team is is going to be Mitchell Stark, and and great to see him um, back to somewhat of full fitness now and. Uh, yeah, he's primed. He's he's got the time under legs now, and he's ready to go. Now, keeping in India, you probably had the two toughest tours this year: the Ashes in England with the Duke's ball, and then Border Gavaskar Trophy. What did you take from that series as to how to go about keeping in India? Oh yeah, I guess different formats um, probably you know throw up different challenges. I, I think um, my first India tour with Test cricket here, there was a lot of balls that would spin past the bat, and. Um, yeah, we, we played in some pretty um, sped up cricket in terms of, you know, only a couple of days out in the middle. Um, so it was, it was very exciting to, to stand behind the stumps and see balls um, spin past the bat. And I think one day cricket wickets are, you know, they're, they're a bit more high scoring here. So um, 
yeah, just adapting on the run. Like I said, the first game in Chennai can produce spin. Um, we might play at one where balls might not spin past the bat as much. So, yeah, just staying focused and, and ready for, for those opportunities if they come. Um, but, yeah, I love my experience over here in, in England earlier in the year. It's it's one of those ones as a keeper you're, you're coming over, you're expecting a, a lot of ball um, spinning past the bat, and it was very enjoyable. So if you have to explain to a non-keeper what changes you make for India, you wouldn't say anything specific? It's more venue-by-venue venue sort of thing? Yeah, I, I think um, keeping a pretty sound um, uh, routine in, in the basics and mm-hmm. uh, making sure you know, you're, you're doing enough in... Um, in practice but we're also got short turnaround so staying fresh and mentally fresh in 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 especially countries like this where a lot's happening it's really noisy it's hot um you're traveling around a lot uh i think mental mental freshness is one that's that's going to be key throughout this world cup um but yeah once you're out in the middle it's yeah probably getting a read of the wicket um if it's staying a bit low come up closer to the quicks if it's spinning um you know you're probably expecting the ball a bit more so uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. You would have spent a lot of time with Josh Inglis over the last you know, few years as a second keeper. He's toured a lot with the Australian side. What's it like having a, a second uh, keeper in the squad? And can you talk us, take, talk us through that dynamic between you two? Yeah, Josh and I have spent a lot of time together now. And um, my first trip to India was with, with Ingo in the MRF camp that, oh, that right. we used to do. So, um, yeah, we've spent a lot of time together and, and really close mates as well. So... Um, yeah, it's great to work alongside him. He's a fantastic player, um, fantastic keeper as well. And he's got his, his young one on tour, so I might be able to offer some advice of that as well. But um, no, nah, he's, he's been fantastic around the group, brings a lot of energy and, um, again, someone to, to bounce ideas off of, um, catch balls with and, um, and have a laugh with. Your family coming over as well for the... No, nah, they're not. No, nah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, going without him this trip, so... We're locking in for the two months and um, might be a bit disruptive and, and tough for the kids to, to travel around. Um, you know, there's always little bugs you can pick up in, in countries, mm. um, you know, like this. And, you know, I've been sick before and, and um, I just thought probably stay at home and, <laughs> and stay at school and um, we'll chat on FaceTime. It is a long tournament. So when you're not playing cricket and you're not training, how do you pass the time? What are you doing in the hotels? Are you exploring? What do you, what do you get up to? Uh, yeah, you, you try to get out as much as you can and um, even if it's a dinner here and there, just to, to break it up. Um, we stay in beautiful hotels though, mm. so you know that's always nice to, to move on to the next one and um, you know get a different feel. Uh, spend a lot of time you know in, in Marnus's room drinking coffee. <laughs> um, you know that's been something that I, I think's uh, yeah changed the, the vibe around the group is having a, a coffee machine and um, you know a bit of a coffee club in the morning then you've you know you've you've lost half the day which is great then you go off to training and um, you know exert some energy there and normally by that time you put your feet up on the bed and um, we just had a blackout is that still rolling That's we're on power's gone out but yeah we're yeah, still good no nah, good good um, yeah and then it's probably a Netflix so um, yeah there's there's enough to do and once you're in tournament as well you, you normally have later nights and mm. Um, you try to sleep in as long as possible, spend a bit of time around the pool and, um, yeah, just freshen up mentally. Yeah. We asked Marnus about the coffee club. Um, 30 to 40 coffees a morning he said he makes. What's he like behind the machine? Does he let everyone ha- else have a go? He does, yeah. He's very generous and he's, um, he's a great teacher as well. And, 
Um, nah, he's he's been fantastic. He's um, one of the most generous blokes we have in this team. He's he's always um, got a smile on his face. So for him to, yeah, I guess bring over a coffee machine, um, bring over the beans. Uh, we'll get some oat milk goodness here as well from Steve Smith at some stage. And um, yeah, it'll be just like we're at home. So if Manus has got the beans, Steve's got the milk, what are you going to bring out? <laughs> <laughs> nah, not much, not much. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's myself, Sabah, Mitch Marsh, David Warner, um, you know, a number of other people that, that come through. And um, normally within the group, someone's probably a little bit more tired. So then they're, they're in the corner drinking their coffee. And then David Warner normally brings some sort of banter and, and energy. Um, so it's just a great, great, I guess, vibe in the morning when, um, like I said, it, it, it's... Uh, it's a long tour, um, so as long as guys getting out of the room, having a coffee, having a laugh, I think it's really beneficial. You got in a bit of trouble earlier this year with the reverse sweep from your wife in India. <laughs> Is it going to come out during the World Cup? And, and absolutely. Been <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, yeah, it's one of those shots. I, I probably jinxed myself too. Um, <laughs> I, I talked up a bit too much, and then I got out to it a lot. So, uh, no, look, it's it's you know game dependent, field dependent, um, bowler dependent as well, and. Yeah, for me, I guess those shots are something that I practice and, and use. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, I think over here, you've got to have options to score and find boundaries. Obviously, in one-day cricket, it's a bit different to test cricket as well. So yeah, rotating the strike, get the big hitters on strike and they can clear the pickets. Um, and hopefully, the top order can make some big runs. We've seen you sort of float up and down in that middle order um, leading up to the, or not leading up to the World Cup, but over the last few years, um, you've sort of settled in that number five role now. Um, how crucial is that spot going to be for you know the team going deep and getting those hitters into, you know, towards the back end? Yeah, I think the whole order is pretty crucial in in terms of getting that score. Obviously, you want your top sort of four typically to score the big hundreds. Um, so hopefully, someone has a day out there and. When I come in, it's bat with them and rotate the strike and take it deep enough to send. Yeah, your Stoinis, Maxwell, Greens out to um, not have to think too much about the scoreboard and, and just worry about trying to clear the pickets. And um, that's sort of the, the ideal way to go about it is uh, a big hundred up top from your top four, middle, or, middle overs, rotate, um, keep the scoreboard pressure on. And then, yeah, with 10 overs to go, you want to see your Maxwells and these guys go out and, and smack them. So... Hopefully we can do that a few times. But, um, yeah, it's a role I love to play is to try to be busy, um, run hard between the wickets, find the boundary and, um, yeah, get those big hitters on strike. You got pretty close to 100 of your, of your own in South Africa, 99. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a smile after you went out and a pretty good catch. Can you talk yeah. us through what happened there? <laughs> I thought it was a bit oh, of a I wasn't smiling inside, that's for sure. Um, yeah, 99, it's always a hard one, isn't it? You, I guess you take it, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they hurt. They hurt a bit. Um, but yeah, nice to get some runs on the board. Um, we uh, we probably fluctuated a bit throughout that tournament. We we started really well, and then we couldn't quite get a, a full performance on the on the board. Um, and a lot of guys were sort of playing some some new roles, different roles, and and some injuries throughout. So we just weren't quite nailing our consistency there. And um, I think now we're we've come to India. Played those first two games where they played played some pretty some pretty well, some really good cricket against us, and then were able to get that win on the board, which 
Um, you know, I, I think will lead us um, into the tournament really well. So another good hit out tomorrow. Um, and then on Sunday we're into it. So I, I think with the amount of cricket we've played, we're, we're all primed and, and excited and, um, yeah, ready to take on India game one. Do you think? Did you think you'd got away with it uh, with the ninety nine <laughs> when the catch was sort of going over? Oh no, no, no! With Quinny around there, he took another good one the next match as well. So I'm glad we haven't got him behind the stumps for a little <laughs> while. But um, yeah, no, it's just one of those things. I think you you sort of know where the ball's going to be bowled and the field's out, and all you have to do is get a bit of bat on it, and somehow it hits your gloves and. Yeah, you, you think about it for the next 24 hours, but that's all right. <laughs> and you're also part of this uh, ODI leadership group. I guess it's an unofficial group, but uh, can you tell us what that involves and who's involved in it? Uh, yeah, it doesn't involve too much. We've, we've got a lot of um, fantastic leaders amongst the group. So, um, you know, for me behind the stumps, it's a, it's a good point to, um, you know, f- uh, fielding positions and, and um, a bit of a feel of the game. Um, you know, Paddy's obviously the, the leader in, in this group and doing a fantastic job. Steve Smith's been, as we know, a great tactical leader um, for, for many years. Um, David Warner's there in, uh, in around it as well and, and Josh Hazelwood. And, um, so there's guys that will sort of flow or bounce in and out of that, um, you know, a meeting here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the field, there's there's so many. Maxwell as well has has his say. He's he's, he's always switched on. Um, I'll probably miss one or two. But there's so many right. many leaders amongst this group, and I think you know one of Paddy's strengths is he's so open to ideas, and mm. um, you know goes in really prepared. But if something's happening and, and you want to take something to him, then you know he's all ears. So yeah, uh, you know there's there's a. I guess there's a leader and a, and a leadership group as such, but there's there's so many leaders amongst it. Right, and I guess another, sorry, Jack, another one who would, would be a part of that is Travis Head, who's not here at the minute, but you're quite close with him and you must be looking forward to him getting over here later in the tournament. Yeah, it's a shame, Travis. Um, one of those annoying injuries where I guess you can't really prevent it in terms of lead up and, um, you know, it's not a soft tissue, it's an, it's an impact and... Uh, I've played a lot of cricket with Trav and I haven't seen too many injuries from him. So it's a bad, bad timing. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. He's, um, he's in the squad and, and no doubt he'll be doing all he can to, to get prepared to, to come over and have a, a huge impact straight away. Um, but yeah, he's, he's gone well. Uh, I think we're on track for, I don't know, four to six weeks and um, it's probably less now. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but... Um, yeah, no doubt when he's back, he'll come in and, and smack him as he has been um, and bring you know a lot of energy to the group. Have you spoken to him since the final squad came out and was it a bit of a relief for him knowing you know that he's going to be given a chance to, to get back here? Uh, yeah, I have spoken to him. I, I think um, you know the, the way that Ronnie and, and the, the um, selection panel's been has been really open and you know, they are aware of the injury and, and sort of what that looks like in terms of rehab and, and no hesitations to keep him amongst the group. Um, and, yeah, he'll come back and, and no doubt smack him. He's in SA at the moment. So, you know, a couple of weeks there, get that right. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's uh, in a way, he can, he can come over here, you know, really fresh and um, revitalised from, you know, a, a couple of weeks in South Africa. 
bring some energy to the group and, and like I said, play really well. A couple yeah. of yeah. generic runs uh, <laughs> yeah, just go. to finish off with. Um, <laughs> who, who, who do you think uh, is going to be Australia's MVP, most impactful player for the World Cup? Who's your tip? Well, Starkey's got the runs on the board. He's, um, he's the form player in the World Cup. So he, he no, no doubt will be um, ar- around the mark. I think probably we're looking at all-rounders um, mm. to have impact bat and ball and... Uh, I think the way that Maxi bowled the other night will give him a lot of confidence um, with the ball and he's already got a lot of confidence with the bat and in the field. So I think for for us, he's going to play a huge role. Hopefully our batters can set it up the way um, you know I spoke about before and he can come in and have a huge impact. So he'll be one guy to, to watch out for. And, and Mitchell Marsh is probably the other one if he can take some early wickets. Um, and smack him at the top of the order is, is going to be you know high impact. And what about the best non-Aussie player if you had to nominate one? Yeah, there's plenty plenty going around. Uh, I think we probably look at the home country. Um, you know, Vrat Coley's probably some guy you can't look past, and he's the he's the obvious choice. But um, the way he batted the other night with a fifty was was really impressive. Impressive, and then Shub McGill. Uh, you know, if he can. Um, continue on the form he's in he's, he's going to be hard to stop so huge wickets for us but uh yeah i think you know those two guys uh i know i'll be watching them when we're not playing them um yeah they're high entertainment do you watch a lot of the non-aussie matches especially in tournaments like this yeah we'll see how we go i, I probably will um i love watching cricket you know keeping eyes on scores and and all of that so yeah, I, I think um, as well when you when you're playing against them and, and coming up against them, it's nice to keep an yeah. eye on and and see what's going on. So yeah, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on matches for sure. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the Unplayable Podcast. All the best for the World Cup. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to our chat with Alex Carey there ahead of the ODI World Cup here in India. Don't forget, we've got match recaps of every Australian match coming to you live on this channel. So don't forget to hit subscribe and you can stay up to date with everything that Australia is doing over here in the subcontinent as they chase their sixth men's ODI World Cup title. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you after the first match. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.